Hello, welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And our guest this time is musician, recording engineer, and podcaster, and many other things besides. It's Jeremiah Zimmerman. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we're here to talk about some podcasts as usual. Freddie, you've got a recommendation for us. What have you got? Yeah, uh, this is this is a I suppose a, an odd recommendation in that I wouldn't normally put forward a podcast that's only got one episode in in its entire existence, but I'm a kind of in a weird way I'm hoping that by talking about it it might will it into existence in a kind of you know that that the more episodes appear um, because I like the premise of it so much and I just kind of hope that the the uh, the kind of potential is fulfilled at some point. So the podcast is uh, Broken record which is a podcast uh where malcolm gladwell and rick rubin talk about music um and you know malcolm gladwell has uh some pedigree when it comes to podcasting and it's an all-round interesting chap for numerous reasons and rick rubin you know is a pretty prolific producer uh, that's kind of you know spanned a lot of uh genres and and, and stuff and I, I just like the idea of those guys talking about music for a start is is interesting to me and this singular episode that they put out some time ago now uh, which i think they did say i think i did read somewhere that it was kind of a teaser episode so i wonder if it will change at all but this this singular episode is focused on um, uh, the Eminem song Walk on Water that Rick Rubin produced. Now, I, I didn't really know this song at all um, before I listened to this episode, but I enjoyed it. And uh, But more than anything, I just enjoyed the way that the podcast was put together. I enjoyed Malcolm Gladwell's introduction. I enjoyed the kind of interjection from Rick Rubin during that introduction. And I just enjoyed the way they set the whole thing up. Um, I found it, you know, pretty compelling. It was perfect for my kind of, as I always kind of refer to, <laughs> my kind of like monkey brain that can't concentrate on many things for too long. So it was, you know, it, it's, it is super sure i mean if there was one thing that i wish was different about it it's 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 brevity and i mean when you take into account that having the song play back to back is is a part of the runtime of this you know which is which is only about 15 minutes it's that's crazy short to to pack something in and it did really really leave me wanting more because i felt like they were just getting into it and then all of a sudden i had the whole song and i thought oh that's the end and (laughs) it, it was partly disappointing but also partly like really like I don't know, it stoked some kind of fire in me that I just kind of want to hunt down this podcast and, yeah, like I say, will it into existence. So I'm kind of hoping that somehow that'll happen. I don't know if it will. I think maybe I've got delusions of grandeur with with our (laughs) podcast here, Jack. But, uh, you know, I really hope it. I hope to see more of this. And I like where it started. And I just, yeah, like I say, want to hear hear more. So, um, Jack, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was really weird. 
And I'll be honest, Fred, I don't think I liked it. Like, uh, okay. I just wasn't really sure what it was going for. I mean, as soon as... What was the most the most tantalising bit of it for me was talking to you about it and you putting the premise to me and I was really gunning for it to be great. And then you heard sort of Gladwell come in and then you heard Rick come in and he's like... Oh, you get the impression that Rick's doing an interview with Eminem and I'm like, okay, so Rick Rubin should be in a good position here to really um, make the most of that interview as chair when he's talking to someone and maybe get a bit nerdy and obsessive over the details of recording and, and all the nuances of a, a particular song, like really drill down into a particular instruments and, and you know maybe even get a bit over the top. Uh, in a similar way to Song Exploder, which I think was something that you compared it to when you mentioned it to me. And instead, it felt to me like all over the place. Like, you get a bit of information about the song, but not much. And then you get some biography and some broader interview quotes from Eminem about how he approaches music generally and his opinion on it. And then Gladwell does that Gladwellian thing of trying to, like, tie it all together and twist everything into a story and says these things that have a sort of you know they bring everything to a point they're very culminative and and dramatic and you know i think that's his authoring coming in there um but his role in itself didn't really make much sense to me because the conversation is taking place between two other people and he's sort of analyzing it from the outside which felt really strange and I just was like, what's going on? And then at the beginning, there was that bit where, uh, I mean, essentially it was Rick talking to Eminem and then it would cut away to Malcolm talking about his conversation with Rick. And I was like, where am I? So I've I've listened to a few of Malcolm's like main podcasts, his revisionist history. And that one, I think he really nurtured into something that felt a lot more cohesive and interesting. But I have to be honest, I feel like that this one, they left it where it was, because I'm not really sure that when they got out the other side of it, I don't know if they were sure what they'd really made, <laughs> or why they needed to keep making it. So, I have to confess, Fred's not hot on this one, but, um, yeah, Jeremiah, what did you make of it? Uh, I think I have to agree with Jack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, for uh, uh, a number of reasons. Um, I mean, you know, podcasting is a medium uh and you know i i just feel like certain things have been established within the medium like first and foremost consistency if you don't put things up consistently whatever your schedule is um you don't have a podcast you know if you if you go to itunes and search for a podcast that someone may have told you about and you see there's one episode from last november it's a safe assumption that this is a graveyard not a uh, <laughs> a live <laughs> a lively place but also yeah i thought you know again you know 15 minutes is that's not a podcast. That's more like a, a quick advertisement. Um, and I didn't, I just, yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I feel like between Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell, they should have uh, access to tools that, you know, whether it's their Rolodex or um, a production team that should allow them to make a pretty compelling podcast. Uh, you know, I think if Rick Rubin were to do a real podcast, you know, where they actually, you know, the cool thing about podcasting, uh, in my opinion, is you can get past you know, standard interview formats and really kind of go into places that might show a sense of disregard for the general audience, but really reward the person who's really interested in the podcast that they've come to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Rick Rubin would, and obviously Malcolm Gladwell as well, would be, you know, the perfect person to take that on. I just, I didn't get that uh, um, their hearts were really in this particular project. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man i mean i i started off thinking maybe this is the start of something and now i'm, I'm slightly convinced by both of your arguments that maybe this was something they abandoned for good reason and, well and, i mean you I know mean, no 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 not no offense to anyone here but i mean they interviewed eminem by skype <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't get him into the studio <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, I think um, it is interesting. I think duration in podcasting is is something that obviously is so broad. And I think as as we discussed actually in a recent episode, Freds, um, you and I gravitate towards different ends of the scale. On the whole, I mean, I I definitely see an argument for brevity. And I think with Song Exploder, those episodes can be over in eight minutes, and yet it's so penetrative and I think so beautifully produced. The same again with some of my favourite ninety nine percent invisible episodes can be over so quickly but you can get right into the meat of it because someone has such a way with narration and editing and music that actually you forget that duration is even a factor you feel fulfilled and satiated by what you've listened to and this was definitely one where i felt like um it it felt almost like maybe that rick's recorder ran out of battery about 25 percent in and he's like oh shit well i've got this bit about what he thinks of mumble rap and i've got this thing about the song sort of but malcolm could you sort of you know do a bit of audio prit sticking and see what you can come up with and it mm-hmm. it just yeah it, it kind of felt like when he said walk on water to introduce a song i felt the defeat in his voice <laughs> just like <laughs> what, do we really earn the right to be here uh i'm sorry to lay in so hot i just um yeah, it really pushed a button with me with this one, and uh, not in the best way, I'm afraid, mate. That's okay. I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna... I, I'll take that. I'll take the rough of the smooth. Um, <laughs> and uh, as as we as we'll probably get onto, yeah, the the brevity for me was probably the most problematic part of this. But you you've clearly unearthed some other problematic parts, which I can't disagree with. And um, and yeah, actually, I think over the course of listening to both of your recommendations, my my propensity to stick with very short podcasts has, has been eroded. And actually, I'm kind of enjoying much longer form stuff. But we'll get I, mean, I, th- I think as a rule of thumb, a podcast should at least carry a person through their commute. Right. Uh, I mean, that's where I think most people do podcast listening. And, you know, for some people, they listen to the first half of it on the way to work and the second half on the way home. Mm. Um, ah, so interesting. F- 15 minutes for me is, um, yeah, you've got, you've really got to have something special to, to make something substantive uh, in a 15 minute program. So do you like those sure. things where you, because I have those as well, where I kind of start it in the morning, I'll do a bit of lunch, and then on the way home, I'll be like, I'm still listening to the same thing. Um, right. Does that have more appeal to you, Jeremiah, than say something that you might dust off very quickly halfway on your commute in the morning? Uh, definitely. Just, I mean, I just, you know, I, I'm drawn to, to conversations and storytelling that's a bit more drawn out. You know, I get irritated with 22-minute sitcoms. Um, not, not irritated, but I just I constantly feel like, well, that could have really gone somewhere, and it didn't. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair. You know, and again, certainly, you know, if you're Rick Rubin and you've been, you know, in the music business for, you know, 35, 40 years, you've worked with Slayer, Johnny Cash, Beastie Boys. I mean, there are some amazing stories to be told, and you know, I I, I would hope that he would lean more towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? This could be something that they review and do a bit of an autopsy on and 
bring it to its full potential because I, I think as you say and i think as well as you say freddie like there is a lot of caliber between them and i think actually it could be a pretty ferocious mix you know producer expertise and the ability to communicate it to a, a wider audience so who knows could be you know watch this space maybe but maybe don't i don't know <laughs> i mean it's been four months since they posted it yeah. which in podcast time is you know like 20 years yeah and gladwell's probably released two books as well so um he's probably <laughs> way past it well you know what I'll, I'll i'll watch this space on everyone's behalf and then you guys can go on with your lives and do better things and i'll just keep watching Thanks, this blank pal. wall and hope that you know something appears on it eventually and when it does i'll let you know but until then don't worry about it i'll i'll, I'll hold the fort yeah you got it fresh cheers so, our next recommendation comes from you, Jeremiah. Would you like uh-huh. to tell us a bit about it? Sure. And it, it's kind of funny. I didn't realize um, until this more uh, an hour ago, even um, when I looked at that the, the recommendations that you guys had sent, and I said, "Oh God, I forgot to listen to Freddie's pod uh, recommendation, the the Rick Rubin thing." And fortunately, it was only fifteen minutes. Um, <laughs> but you know, oh yeah, dude is a podcast uh, that I you know they are. Ori- Seth Romatelli and Jonathan Larroquette, who who host the podcast, they started doing it in two, February two thousand six. So they truly are, you know, original podcasters. Um, you know, they've they've kept it pretty niche. I I don't think that they have received the uh, widespread recognition that um, you know other podcasts have, hmm. despite the fact that they really sort of introduced the medium to a lot of people, myself included. It's it's unlike a lot of other podcasts in that it's just two guys talking, two friends. Uh, there's no guests. Uh, they sort of have a back and forth that is clearly like specific to their friendship. You know, a lot of shorthand, a lot of uh, slang that is just theirs. Um, it's the only podcast I still listen to, and I listen to it honestly the day it comes out every week. Oh, wow. Uh, and funny enough, you know, the, the the episode that I recommended to you guys, episode 398, is an episode that I go back to a lot because the last uh, five or ten minutes of it is Seth Romatelli ranting uh, <laughs> about podcasts that exist that don't need to exist. <laughs> um, and in that particular podcast, I'm pretty sure I know who he's talking about. He doesn't say the person by name. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is funny that, you know, these guys can, you know, put up at this point over 600 episodes of a podcast and probably still have less downloads than Rick Rubin's 15-minute podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What did, what did you guys think of, of uh, what you listened to? Yeah, it's funny because the, I think from previous discussions we've had on, on our show that this is not the kind of podcast I should like um, mm-hmm. because it's two people who talk at length in a kind of, like you say, like a shorthand in a way that two people who talk at length regularly uh, develop over time in a way that like should be inaccessible to quite a lot of people on first listen. But actually, I really loved it. And I listened to it, and I, I got more and more into it as I as it came through. And even though, yeah, they were talking in a way that isn't necessarily, you know, inc- entirely comprehensible um, if you're not paying real attention, because it's the kind of thing that where they're used to the way they talk to each other, and, and they can decipher it. And I guess from listening really regularly, we've talked about this before on, on the show, but, you know, there's this thing about, you know, the, the way that they talk kind of rewards regular listening yeah. um mm-hmm. and the, the more you listen the more you, you you really get on board with their with their jokes and with the way they are as people but actually i found it like w- surprisingly
amazingly accessible on a first listen like having never heard of the show before and like you say it's it seems like they they don't get the recognition they deserve because they have done a lot of episodes and um they've built a show that's super compelling and, and 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 a real joy to listen to and yeah it wasn't on my radar but i really enjoyed it and I, I i got into it very quickly and i i like the format i like the way they draw on all these different sources of, of of you know bits of news and stories and all this kind of stuff and then you know occasionally spiral off into rants about various bits and bobs <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know stuff that stuff that doesn't you know and then it becomes kind of part comedy and i i, I love that I, I found it really really compelling so um yeah I, it, it surprised me how much i enjoyed it i i on on the face of it i know we've had recommendations like this before i think jack you've recommended me shows like this before that i've just not got into and yeah. um, this was this was a, a real exception to that rule so um yeah i loved it jack what did you think yeah same like and i was gonna make those comparisons as well like do by friday for you freddie important if true for me where you are rewarded and you're let into it in a circle of intimate humor that you kind of nurture and slot into over time and i think there's something really satisfying i think when you start to really get the jokes and also you can kind of recognize i don't know you almost hear a joke coming before it does i think there's certain or, or a way with of handling a certain situation a comedic situation and that becomes really satisfying i mean i was a bit anxious when you recommended this to be honest because uh, obviously it's a podcast by two america i think there isn't there kind of slogan like america through the eyes of two american americans that's the like, slogan yeah yeah and I was like, well, I'm British, so am I going to be on the outside of this? <laughs> and it was like episode 398 as well. I was like, so <laughs> so we're going, you know, in, into a bit of a time capsule back to 2013, I think it is, in December, around the holiday uh-huh. season. And there's two uh-huh. American guys. I was like, am I going to know what's going on? Um, it didn't matter at all. It didn't matter, like, one jot. And I really loved it and in fact i think it got to like 40 or 50 minutes in and i started to get to the point where i was just laughing consistently and i was like i get this now i kind uh-huh. of i get their dynamic like i understand how this is kind of working uh, i kind of un- started to understand the structure and it really started to tickle me and as you said when they start uh, seth starts ranting about the podcast in the last five minutes like i mean we were talking about this the other week freds but i was chopping a courgette in my kitchen and really shouldn't have been at that point it was re- <laughs> it really did get to me but um i i also i i kind of did a bit of digging as well and uh i was really intrigued when you said that you know they'd been around since 2006 and you can definitely feel that i mean they seem so mm-hmm. confident in what they're doing and they're just doing it but um also as well i found some videos of them doing stuff live like they seem to do live shows and they yeah. seem to have like a visual dynamic that almost reflects their dynamic in audio as well like jonathan sat down <laughs> in a comfy chair and Seth's yeah. pacing back and forth restlessly and uh, um, you know, just spinning these yarns and getting wound up. And I really like that there's almost a, a, a sense, and I don't know whether this is consistent throughout the episodes or just in this one I listen to, but almost it's like they're trying to understand humanity. Like they come forward with these statistics, uh, you know, that, uh, I don't know, particular behaviour is particularly prevalent within a certain community of people. And then they're just like, what the fuck is that about? And there's this yeah. sort of constant exasperation and like dumbfoundedness about the way that people behave which again after a while 
while it just really started to tickle me so um yeah top top marks like i will i checked out what the one they released most recently as well i've started listening to that and i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna keep keep up to date with this one so yeah nice one jeremiah this is awesome Right on. I mean, it's funny because it's fundamentally um, a current events show. They primarily read, you know, uh, statistics, um, uh, newspaper clippings, uh, advice columns, things like that. And if you listen back, it's kind of funny slash really scary to listen to them talking about things in, say, 2010 uh, with a bit of cynicism and, you know, a good bit of humor. And then to listen to them talk about things from within the last year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's, you know perhaps an intensified um, sense of cynicism, but still just really, really funny. And certainly, you know, if you live in the country that I live in, it can be a nice relief from, you know, just looking at the news. <laughs> and how did you come across it? Um, I mean, I started listening to podcasts in 2006 or 2007, and it was one of the first ones I came across. I didn't start listening to it really like religiously until like 2011 or 2012 um but it's really one of the only ones that i listen to it's the only one i listen to every episode that i'll say i just checked by the way and i i feel some kind of shame in that we are one of the countries where avici's wake me up got to number one um which which i just i thought i'd check in case we had any bragging rights there but we don't um, and uh jeremiah yeah. you can feel better that i don't even happen. know what that song is i was with uh with jonathan on that <laughs> yeah i'm kind of intrigued i need to listen back to that song i can't well maybe i shouldn't i don't know but um what i'm intrigued by as well is the fact that you did mention that this is the only podcast that you listen to i mean did podcasting has it fallen away in your life or did you No, i just i mean i spent so much time doing like creating one that of course yeah i mean generally you know if i'm not talking to someone on the microphone i'm not talking to anyone and i just like silence or music (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i mean you know i i like i get i get kind of um roped into like serial and those kinds of things uh where you know there's like cliffhangers like i just listened to this podcast all the way through about um when richard nixon was impeached it was called uh long burn short Sorry, I'm doing a terrible job right now. But it, it was it is, like a, it is something like Longburn, yeah, Shortburn, Longburn, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I listened to that all the way through, you know, just because it was well structured, and you know, at the end of an episode, you were dying to find out what happened next, even though you know it was something we already knew what the ending was going to be. Um, but yeah, you know, I just I get actually get irritated with a lot of podcasts. You know, I I, I feel like I've given you know in the, in the five years or so that I've been doing it. Um, I've ended up having conversations with people who are starting podcasts or thinking about starting podcasts. And, you know, one bit of advice I I tend to offer is whatever you're thinking about saying on the podcast or ever how much time you're going to give yourself to talk, cut it like in two thirds, because the amount of podcasts that I listen to where the host or someone will talk for 10 or 15 minutes before they get into it uh, Uh, with lots of ums and likes. And it's just like... You know, it's it's like when a chef goes to a restaurant, they can't enjoy it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, is that arrogant? That's arrogant, but it's, you know. No, no, it's not. I, I don't think it is at all. Like, I, And I think that's something that we have come across quite a lot yeah. when we've brought guests on is that they've said, just disclaimer, I really struggle to listen to podcasts because they can hear the seams and they can hear the process, essentially, like what's going on behind the curtain. And that becomes well, very I mean, difficult. I really like, I, I love listening to uh, Bill Burr's podcast. That's one I listen to a lot. Okay, and cool. he, he records it 
you know, super lo-fi. It's not edited. There's no guests. It's just him rambling. And the truth in the matter is, I think he's one of the funniest people alive. So I can listen to him ramble and enjoy it. Um, he's clearly the rare exception, though. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, speaking of rambling, should I go ahead with our final yeah, recommendation? Please go, for it. go on, Jack. <laughs> So, uh, the Joe Rogan experience. Um, So, Joe Rogan is a stand-up comedian and martial arts commentator. And, Freddie, this is, like, the next in my installment of podcasts where comedians speak to people. And I think... This emerging genre of podcasts of comedians interviewing people, yeah. Yeah, you might be happy to know that I am running out now, so this might be the last one. But, basically, he speaks to people from across entertainment, athletics, science, all sorts, really. And um, they have these conversations which can run between i don't know two and four hours really and there's never really an agenda so it's one of these things where it's not really an interview it's just a conversation there aren't questions per se there's just people talking back and forth and i've had a really difficult relationship with it um i'm mutual friend freddie james marriott recommended this to me about three four years ago and i tried it i was like i can't do it and every few months i'd check in with james he'd speak to me about it and then i'd be like i'll give it another go nope still couldn't do it and it's only really been recently that i have really started to get on board with it and push past the things that i do find quite irritating about joe rogan he's got this there's something quite macho about him his sense of humor doesn't really chime with mine at all and he often lectures his guests quite a lot as well i think Mm. in lieu of asking questions he tells them um about their field of stuff there's one with steven pinker where i was you know if you were just tuning in you didn't know who either one of them was you'd be like so who's the guest Uh, because he kind of put forward these observations with the same bravado as steven was but basically I have grown to really get on board with this podcast because I don't think there are many places where you can hear a conversation that's going on over this duration that goes over so much ground and kind of loses its sense of time and really why those people are are in the room in the first place and it therefore it can go anywhere and it does go anywhere i think anyone who can sustain a conversation for say four hours i think has clearly got a certain skill for doing what they're Mm -hmm. doing i mean he's been doing this for over a thousand episodes now and he releases like three a week i hear that his first producer actually just quit because joe wanted to do like eight hours of podcasting a day and the guy was like i can't do this so there's another guy in his place now but the one i recommended to you guys was with uh, henry rollins who can talk as well has a really i think quite interesting energy to him like he's the mm-hmm. obviously was the vocalist of black flag and now does a number of different things like i mean mainly traveling the globe by the sounds of it and does what he calls a talking show um mm-hmm. and i found it quite interesting to listen to and i think you really do get a sense for not only what henry does but also how he is how he reacts to certain things and how he thinks and i think often that's only something you can get into after a a really long duration i think and also just people talking in real time and in real terms without any kind of public facing front so yeah what did you guys think of it yeah it's a funny one because i like the 
the just the duration of this was almost intimidating um to the <laughs> sorry point where I, I, yeah I, but but i and I, I have to admit that i haven't even got the whole way through it yet because i i know at the beginning we, we were talking about this this notion of uh listening to a podcast on a commute and um as has been discussed before my commute is about <laughs> half an hour's walk so uh i've only managed to get about an hour and a half in um having listened from like last night through to this morning through to this evening but surprisingly again like i i really got into this and i really found myself kind of in the conversation uh more so than i have done with other kind of really long form interviews and um to the point where i didn't even really notice that the conversation had no real aim or direction which would normally bother me Mm. um and i don't know if that is primarily to do with the guest in this case um in henry rollins who i i I find quite fascinating and i Hmm. i I think he's got like you say he's got this kind of certain energy about him that's um a little bit unique i guess for for podcast guests he's he's certainly not passive in his like kind of uh (laughs) approach to being a a guest on an interview um which i think you know probably sums him up as a person as much as anything but and i i I do wonder if if i listen to any other episodes whether whether i'd feel the same way or not um and I'm, i'm gonna you know, once I finish this one, um, in another two <laughs> two commutes time, I'm going to give it another go, and I'm I'm going to try and dive into something completely different with a with a guest who's kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum of uh, energy, I guess. Um, without making that sound too weird and obtuse, but I, yeah, I did enjoy it, and I did I did I did find some kind of like yeah something in that that I can kind of grab onto and uh, and and go along with it, and uh, yeah, I think you know. Uh, you know henry rollins seems to 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 match joe rogan's kind of um bravado and like you say kind of macho flavor um in in some kind of way that that kind of balances the two out a little bit which is which is good i mean it's still you know it's 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 two people who you know almost uh, they're not but it almost sounds like they're shouting at each other constantly (laughs) like in a very friendly way but it's like it's a constant shouting thing between each other and you know it's certainly like uh when i when i I googled it yesterday or the day before i found the 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 youtube version of this of them sitting in the studio and i I feel like perhaps that's quite an intense situation i wouldn't (laughs) want to be the third party in the room at that point watching those two stare each other down over a table they're quite you know between the two of them they can be quite intimidating guys so um but i I, yeah i did really enjoy it so um yeah i was i was a big fan hey jeremiah what do you reckon it's funny i i realized that i listened to joe rogan's podcast more frequently than i thought uh in the way that when i go to youtube often i'm recommended clips of conversations that he's had ah Mm. right uh so i check in with his podcast usually because of of uh the people that are on it and then more specifically you know some segment that is relevant to something that i'm interested in Mm. um to me the format of his show uh reminds me a lot of howard stern's show right uh, and i'm a lifelong howard stern fan um i actually think his his show has gotten better his interviewing has gotten you know a lot better in the last several years for my money i'd rather li- if i'm going to listen to a show that lasts 2 to 4 hours i'd prefer to listen to stern i feel like stern has um he has a bit more openness to him uh which i'd never you know it's not a way that he's usually talked about the thing with with rogan i i'm not as irritated by him as a lot of people i know hmm but I don't think he often has the most nuanced uh, understanding of things. 
Nine. You know, and I, I, I think no matter what, I will continue to check in with Joe Rogan simply because he has everyone on his show. And so if you're interested in someone, at, chances are at some point they've appeared on his show more than once. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't personally get a lot out of, of, of what Joe Rogan brings to the conversation. Uh, it often feels um, a little a, a generalized conversation to me. And again, it's, the, it's a podcasting medium, so you really are answering to no one. Theoretically speaking, uh, so I, I, I just I prefer when podcasts go to a place that that sort of abandons um, general conversation. Yeah, I was listening to some of his stuff this morning. Coincidentally, actually, uh, him talking with Tom Segura, who's uh, another comedian, and they were talking about um, the likelihood of people like Bill Cosby, Louis C.K., Harvey Weinstein returning in any um, professional form at all. And the conversation, I just felt like, could have been a lot funnier, a lot more intense than what they allowed it to be, you know? Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I mean, I, too, also find Rogan's view sometimes a bit distilled. I think there was a moment in, I think it was in the Stephen Pinker one, they kind of try get into socialism a bit and give that a bash and again i was just like come it on sounds guys. like high school kids yes it does and it, yeah. you know the analogies they were using i really wanted a, a mic at that point because like come on guys and I, I think i don't know for someone also as well of uh steven's uh, you know intellectual caliber i thought he could have really taken him to task there and, and really open this up and i think that's also something with rogan is that his stature and his way of talking maybe i think is so assertive that he doesn't get maybe as much pushback as he should i mean well i i just i always feel like he takes himself a little too seriously you know i listen to <laughs> plenty of of lowbrow stuff you know and i don't know if you guys have i mean I take it you don't have Opie and Anthony in England? No, no. So, I mean, Opie and Anthony, they're not together anymore, but they had uh, a ra- you know a comedy radio show in New York for, you know, 20-something years. And it is absolutely, you know, childlike, you know, perverted, just, you know, school schoolyard uh, humor. But within that, there's a lot of self-deprecation. There's a lot of self-awareness. You know, frequent guests like Jim, uh, Jim Norton and Patrice O'Neill, you know, there is this very illuminating aspect to everything they're talking about because they hold themselves in as low a regard as they talk about everything else. Right. <laughs> you know, Joe, Joe Rogan, to me, seems like the kind of guy who, you know, is ready to fight for his beliefs at any time. And I don't find his beliefs to be that compelling (laughs) (laughs) right no that's 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 true and i think as well um my friend james who listens to it sometimes i'll be speaking to him about podcasts and he'll kind of roll his eyes and be like oh joe rogan got in another rant about um was it archery the other day or something i think he does some kind of archery and if he gets on a tangent sometimes he's like steamrolls the conversation in the corner he wants to go i will say though in his defense there are i'm surprised actually when i pay attention like how much he hangs back what he doesn't Mm -hmm. do that a lot of um interview hosts do is kind of cut across and get a question in and wedge one in where actually just letting the point sort of unravel itself would be preferable i mean granted i think as you say when he does come back in, what he says is often perhaps uh, lacks a sense that he's been listening to intently. But <laughs> at least, uh, I don't know, he, he at least, I think the good thing with this Henry Rollins one is that I did feel that I got kind of like a deeper comprehension of Henry. And I think that's because when Henry talked, he just let him talk. And granted, again, not a guy that you'd interrupt in a hurry, but he did still... 
he just just let him go and i think as well that's kind of part of this conversation being able to go on for so long as well i mean there's one with tom delong from blink 182 who Mm -hmm. has turned his attentions now from you know pop punk to investigating extraterrestrial life and it's quite clear that joe is incredibly skeptical but actually i think the balance that he holds is quite interesting because he pushes tom on it without ever really shutting him down or discouraging tom from opening up and i think in a weird way even though he comes across a bit brutish there's some balance there that there is yeah there is there definitely is and you know honestly henry rollins and joe rogan are both like they these are the people who should have microphones in front of them because these guys can talk (laughs) they can hold the conversation uh they love to talk they you know these are the people who should have mics in front of them um Mm. any interview with henry rollins is it doesn't matter who's conducting it it's gonna be you know two or three hours long (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I i love henry rollins yeah I, one of the things I found like weird and and perhaps a little problematic to my mind was this kind of underlying theme that they both seem to believe in, which is that, and I think someone else picked up on this, and this is why it's in my head, and perhaps I've been listening out for it, but they, they talk a lot about, you know, never wanting to work a normal job, and that they chose this kind of a different path in life mm-hmm. and and i i kind of i, I guess it, it it bothered me at times because i think you know that there's an argument that there that's that's all down to your choice and then you know there's the other argument that that some of that is down to kind of you know talent perseverance but also a a good you know dose of luck and, yeah. and chance and i guess like you know it felt like at times they were both kind of um confirming each other's view in that sense and uh, they obviously come from similar positions and have had similar kind of not the same by any means they're very different people but like you know have similar career trajectories and they've both kind of stumbled into careers that uh uh within within the arts uh you know not necessarily by by design but they both seem to view it as a thing that was by their own determination and you know determinism rather than rather than something that happened sort of by chance which i I found I found problematic at times. I have yeah. to say, yeah. You know, I, I got to say though, I was uh, I go to Los Angeles pretty frequently, and uh, when I'm there, I usually go to the comedy store at least once, which is the club mm. that um, Joe Rogan, you know, does most of his work at. Uh, it's where a lot of the it's, it's where a lot of the people in LA do it, and I've seen him play there. You know, do 15, 20 minute set. And I remember the last time I was there, I saw him play. And after the show, he was, um, you know, talking with a bunch of other comics by the bar. And all they were talking about was comedy, about gigs, about work. And I, I just was looking at him thinking, like, this is all this guy does. I mean, if there's... <laughs> right. Is, I mean, he's, you know, he's doing what he does 24 hours a day. Uh, so, you know, in response to what you just said, I would say that, you know, he certainly deserves uh, whatever he's got because it's all he does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's the same with Henry Rollins is that, you know, however, however, and I think this is the, the bit that I have contention with is whether, whether it happened by chance or, or by, by choice, but whatever, however they got to the position they're in, they've both worked at it with a, with a work ethic that, um, I certainly haven't matched yet. And even, you know, with, <laughs> with, 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 you know, Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, like, you know, when you're into your thousands of episodes and, right. uh, and you're recording, you know, you're putting out three per week that's a that's a really 
admirable work ethic bordering mm. on obsessive but in a in a really good way and um yeah i mean I, I i can't i can't fault that part of it anyway yeah i i well i do know what you, you mean though there was a point where they both kind of said to each other like what do you put on you know uh, an application form or whatever for your job and there was right. like an air of smugness that came i did think one of them was going to be like you know professional adventurer life hustler i don't know nomad or something but right. yeah, they, i mean they yeah, were yeah, sensible yeah. It's, about it's a little <laughs> self-aggrandizing yeah but I, I i get it as well because i think the reason that henry comes across the way he does and makes you like yeah is because he does sort of streamline his story to the point where he focuses on the bit that you have the opportunity to change and that's why you kind of finish it you know feeling quite jacked up and you know ready to take yeah. on stuff but um yeah all right well i i feel quite good that we've had that conversation about joe rogan because it's He's a complicated guy, and I think he has a complicated podcast purely because he just puts things out there in real time. And I, I think it's interesting that I don't think there's anyone who comes away from listening to his podcast like, I love, love, love Joe Rogan. He's 10 out of 10, and there's nothing I would change. So I will say this. I think Joe Rogan is much smarter than he needs to be. For a guy who, you know, is like, um, you know, working with, you know, MMA fighting, uh, who could very <laughs> easily coast on, you know, just appealing to, you know, a, I don't know, to put it softly, a less evolved group of people. I think he's actually much more thoughtful than than he needs to be, which, you know, may have hurt his career at times. Yeah, although it does rear up its head at some unusual points, I think, when suddenly he'll, like, uh, produce a historical fact or something <laughs> right. and just kind of, like, throw it in there. You're like, whoa, <laughs> okay, Where did Rogan. he find that? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> who told him that? Um, I mean, on the subject of real-time conversation, I mean, I've... Obviously, your podcast, uh, Jeremiah, falls right in my bracket of things that I like to listen to. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was quite appalled at the fact that I hadn't actually, I wasn't aware of it until I think about three months back, someone said, I'm starting a podcast and I, I've been really listening to and inspired by um, 5049. Huh. I mean, I, I, the only reason I'm surprised is because I know that you and I have interacted uh, over the years. That's So I, I didn't mean to come no, across no. as really, you, you hadn't heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That was the only reason but uh, i mean clearly it seems like that you also value these kind of real-time quite uh, durational conversations and also face-to-face as well which i've been really enjoying um yeah there's there's a point in the one where you're interviewing pete simonelli from enablers where uh-huh. two points one where he says oh are we going are we rolling i didn't realize and the other where you stopped to chink beers where i was like yeah. this is absolutely lovely <laughs> i mean so is is that real time kind of face-to-face aspects of it like a, an important part of why you're doing that podcast totally 100 in fact i mean i you know i i've never done this is the first time i've ever well not the first time but i i won't do um anything other than in person um there, yeah, there's just something that happens, you know, like I, mm. I record mm. everything at my house. I have a little office in my home. I'm, I'm sitting there right now. And, um, you know, co- you come over to my house. It's a good 15 minute walk from the subway. And, and you invite someone in, you offer them a drink, you know, you maybe talk for a little bit before. And it just sort of creates, uh, I think, a more natural conversation. So that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I, uh, you know, c- the conversation is what's important to me. I interviewed someone. um 
just a week or two ago who I had specific questions that I wanted to ask them, certain things I wanted to ask them about. But the conversation got going in such a way that I felt completely fine just abandoning those questions altogether because what's more interesting to me as a listener is that sense of momentum in conversation. Yeah. So I was going to ask that actually, whether you go in planning stuff. Is it more just having stuff that you can depend on if you need it or, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'll write a couple notes, you know, a very, very skeletal notes, you know, just something I can kind of glance at if there's a pause, you know, oh, you're originally from Boston, blah, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, typically like where I record it, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of books and records and stuff laying around. So someone might look and say, oh, I've got that Albert Eiler box set or, oh, you know, (laughs) you've, you've got that entire series of books or whatever. And that's usually a place that can, that can get things started yeah oh well i've been really enjoying it it's like i say it's kind of a delight and also it's like pain in the ass that i didn't discover it sooner um but there's a whole backlog there i mean in fact i spent so much time scrolling through and looking at past guests um uh, that I'm, you know i've got a lot to get on with basically so i'm very much looking forward to it but, yeah um, i mean if you go to the website there's another 50 some odd episodes that aren't even in itunes because i can only do 100 at a time oh my word so yeah in fact uh, could you direct people to whereabouts they can check out your podcast and in fact everything else that you're doing as well yeah uh it's 5049records.com um you could look at uh, the podcast, the, you know, the most current episodes there, as well as the archive of, like I said, 50 some uh, odd episodes. I've got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm actually in the process of transcribing a lot of those interviews, which has been teaching me a lot about an interview style that, you know, could be more coherent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Um, transcribing spoken word is the most grueling thing i think i've ever done um, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's been there. yeah it's horrible it's it's really horrible especially when you're listening to your own voice <laughs> uh but that's for a writing project that i'm working on um you know that same website 5049 records you know you can find out about my music i've got records coming out shows coming up um that's the place to do all that beautiful and freddie where are we on the internet Oh, okay. We are at uh, www.episode.party and we are at, at episode underscore party on Twitter. Thanks. I never remember where the different punctuation goes, so that's why I defer to you, <laughs> friends, each time. I struggled today. I don't know why I struggled today, but I struggled. <laughs> we got there. Uh, well, thank you very much once again, Jeremiah. It's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah, man. Uh, and, Freddie, thank you, obviously, for being my little co-host through all of this. Um, Anytime. Everyone, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs> Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.